Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of my brothers, who will remain nameless, always said that today was the best day to propose to one's girlfriend. When you get down on one knee and profess your undying love for her and pop the question, will you marry me? Today, unlike any other day in the year, there is a way that no matter what she says in reply, everything will be okay. For if she says in tearful joy, I do, well then, congratulations, it worked. If, however, she turns you down, then you need only say two words, April Fools. <laughs> of course, my brother was just joking, but it does stand to reason that we are a people who do not want to be humiliated. We do not want to do or say something that will cause others to laugh at us, mock us, or reject us. No one wants to be the butt of a joke, and who in their right mind actually wants to be a fool? We are not a people who want to follow after something, give our whole life to it, defend it against our friends and family, and then turn out to be wrong. How foolish we would look. In a way, alongside the grief, this is what those women that first Easter morning were struggling with. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They went to the tomb because they thought that he was dead. They had given their lives to a man who they had just witnessed experience the most horrible, shameful death that ever took place. And now it was all over, and they believed that he was no more. So they, like Joseph of Arimathea, who asked Pilate for the body, they took courage and they went to anoint him. They suppressed their fears and shame, and they went to the tomb. I suspect that many of you today, in a way, are like Mary and those women who came to the grave thinking that Jesus was dead. We are all a little bit afraid of what our religion might cost us, but we know that we have to show up, especially on Easter. We are afraid of being called foolish in the eyes of the world. We are afraid of not being able to defend to others what we so supposedly so ardently believe. We know what people will say if they found out that we believe Jesus is true God, that God was crucified on a cross, and that by his death our sins are covered, that we believe that he is the only way to heaven. That we believe that the, very, that the word of God is infallible. Or that marriage is between a man and a woman. Or that children in the womb are sacred to the Lord and should not be killed. We know what they would say. They would call us a fundamentalist, 
a bigot, and a fool. Sometimes we muster the courage to speak out. But often when the opportunity arises at work or with our family and friends, we remain silent. More often, rather than being like Mary, we are like the young man who followed Jesus on the night when he was betrayed. When the danger of being too close to our Lord becomes all too real, we are content to run away naked in fear rather than suffer persecution alongside Jesus. And in today's world, especially in America, it is not so much a fear of violence, but a fear of tarnished self-image. We are afraid of being looked at as fools. And the women were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? They took courage and came to the tomb, but in their grief, they had forgotten about the stone. They wanted to do the right thing and honor the Christ, but the stone was very large, and on their own, they would not be able to get to his body. Wanting to do the right thing, we often fail. Our spirits are willing, but our flesh is weak. We want to stay awake and watch, but our eyes are tired. Indeed, the stone is too large for us. It is utter foolishness in the eyes of the world to continue trying to do the good that we know in our weakness we cannot accomplish. But that is the life that we have been called to, the life of repentance. And this life is humbling. And so, like the women, we journey towards a tomb that we know we will not be able to enter. We continue towards a goal that, on our own, we cannot accomplish. And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. It is utter foolishness to think that the one who we betray constantly by not standing up for the Christian faith or by failing to do the good we know that we should do, it is utter foolishness to think that he would want anything to do with us. And not only that, the world would also say that we are foolish for wanting to be aligned with him. Why would someone want to be joined with someone who makes us look so foolish to others? Dear friends in Christ, Christianity will always be foolish in the eyes of the world. But in the eyes of God, that foolishness is wisdom. Paul writes, Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And again, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The gospel is for fools. It is for the weak and the sick, those who are in need of a physician. It is for the sinner. 
or in our foolishness, doubt, and unbelief, God is faithful. The psalmist writes, He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Though we fail, Christ, he keeps his promises. Remember his words sung in the introit, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The place where he lays testifies to the fact that he was dead. It was not a trick. No April Fool's mischief took place. He did not survive the crucifixion. He was dead. The body was not hidden. It was placed in the tomb. And now, do not be alarmed. He is not here. He is risen. Have no fear. Jesus does not come to exact vengeance upon us. He has already taken upon himself all of God's vengeance towards sin. And today, he speaks the same word that the angel spoke to the women. Do not be afraid, for he has defeated sin, death, and the devil once and for all. He has paid the ultimate price by giving up his life and rising again to destroy death. It is finished. All of this he has done for you. Though we may have ran away naked in fear and shame, now we are the young man clothed in a white robe of righteousness. We have been baptized into his victory. He was dead, and now he is alive, and so it will be for us. And the angel continued, But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. As surely as Christ rose from the dead and met his disciples in Galilee, so now we see him just as he told us. We behold him in water and the word and in bread and wine. As foolish as it may seem, this is what Jesus has told us. This is my body. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. In this lowly way, we are joined with Jesus now. And because of this, we will be joined with him on the last day. Not even death can keep us from him. For in his resurrection, he has burst the bonds of death that held us captive. He has released us from the power of the grave that awaits us all, so that in our flesh we will see him just as he told us. Not only shall we see him in the flesh, but we will behold all of those who have fallen asleep in the Lord. Grandparents, fathers, mothers, children, friends, they will rise because he is risen. All of this is utter foolishness in the world's eyes. For to the world, the dead stay dead. Do what you want with the body. Who cares? It doesn't matter. We confess something different. We confess that God created our bodies, that God redeemed our bodies, and that God is coming back for our bodies. We confess that Christ rose from the dead, and if he rose, 
then we will rise also. Today we declare like Job, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. As much as we desire to have the steadfastness and confidence of Job, we know that our lives will probably more so reflect the women at the tomb. Having heard the angel, they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Mark's Gospel account highlights the reality of the church militant, the church that is still here on earth fighting the good fight of faith. It is not always a pretty picture. We are a people who, even in the joy of the resurrection, experience fear and doubt. We still live with death and the pain that it brings to be temporarily separated from a loved one. We still live with persecution and being called fools in the eyes of the world. At times, we might be silent when we should speak out, for we are still sinners. But dear Christians, we are exactly the people that Christ died and rose for. Our victory does not abide in our faithfulness or trust, or are our intentions and sincere effort. Our victory abides in him. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Praise God that our hope is not in ourselves, but in him. Christ is faithful. He will not abandon us. He is risen, and we will see him just as he told us. So if the world thinks we are fools, then let us be fools. For the gospel is for the fool. In the name of Jesus.